is. Let me let me do that. Okay. That. Hello and welcome to the virtual cafe. I'm Shagilola Salami. Uh, what can I get you, please? Who's next? Oh hi. Uh, I'm Tim. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll grab a cup of tea, please. Okay. Uh, what would you like with your tea, um, Tim? Oh, I'm a milk and two sugars person. Uh, and uh, I, I, I lost the thread already, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, tea, milk and sugar, anything else? Uh, tea, milk, sugar and a chat would be nice. Okay, that's fine. So you're not, you're not, you're quite easy. No, no worries. Uh, okay, so we'll send the little human seems to be distracted with my letter from somewhere. I'm not sure where I got that from. So I'm gonna just distract her and get her to get the tea together. Because I always keep saying this, you know, we need to get them started on labor very quickly so they don't become lazy twice. Did I just say that? No, sorry. You didn't hear that. Uh, okay, so tell us a bit about yourself. I'm hoping you're not in a hurry though, because while she's she's gonna take the time and getting your tea together. Okay, I'm a, I'm a librarian in a public library in, in London in the UK. Uh, I work with books, with people, with computers, and a uh, lot, lot of work with little children, but work with everybody. And I'm also a librarian who's retiring next Friday. So, uh, yeah, so I'll need to find an occupation. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. We'll come back to that in a second. Um, right, who's next, please? Um, I'm April Gerard, and I'm an uh, author in the U.S., and uh, I live actually in the state of Indiana, uh, boring state, but don't tell anybody around me that I said that. <laughs> and uh, I write under the pen name A.L. De Leon. And I also am the co-owner of authorsensei.com. Right. Interesting. Okay. So what would you like to drink? Um, tea uh, with a little bit of milk is fine. I'm good. <laughs> no sugar? No sugar for me. Okay. Anything else? Um, it got a bit of honey to put in it, then, then we're good. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You know, too, like, you guys are very easy to eat. The last couple of days, I've not really been feeling myself, um, so I've not done any baking, so that's fine. Though. So we're not going to show up that Retro Cafe doesn't have any baked goods today. Sacrilege. <laughs> okay, cool. So it's like I've just got this really, you know, you guys just sound so amazing. I'm not even sure where to start from. Okay, let's. See, we only have one guy amongst two women. So tell us, Tim. Mm -hmm. Why? What, what, do you, what do you plan to do for when you retire? First? Before we get back to you, right, as, as a librarian, what do you go? What do you plan to do when you retire? Ah, no, good questions. I'm going to have a very long holiday, I think. Uh, I suppose being a librarian, it's a lot of things to do with books and interests and looking things up. They do sort of travel, carry on into your own life anyway. Uh, and I might try and be helpful. Being a librarian is an occupation where you spend a lot of time helping people. So uh, I might do a little bit of helping people. In what capacity? I don't know. I don't know. I, I work a little bit with some people uh, who use mental health services. And uh, I don't know if this might be some work with advocacy and things there that I might be interested in in the future. Uh, Anything with books, maybe, but 
I'm not sure. I'm going to spend a couple of months not getting up till gone 10, I think. For... <laughs> okay, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds good. Uh, okay, so um, April, you said you do Arthur Sensei. That sounds really like, you know, Japanese fighting. What, what, what's Arthur Sensei? <laughs> well, that was the idea, so I'm glad that you caught the connection. <laughs> um, the author sensei, my, my business partner and I, um, we have both worked uh, individually with a lot of authors trying to help them uh, build their marketing plan and, and then execute it. And one of the things that we kept running into is that sometimes authors just don't know what they don't know. And they need help. They need they need to be able to learn some of the nuances along with with marketing first. Yeah. And that's where, that's where Author Sensei comes in. It's an online subscription based learning center where an author can subscribe. They connected with the, the knowledge and the tutorials that we have inside it, but as well they get they get connected with a, a whole community of other authors that are also on their journey of. Not only writing, but learning to manage uh, getting their work in front of the right people. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, who's, um, you know, with the sort of coaching that you do, um, who do you put as the target audience? I mean, I know you're getting, so when you're coaching the authors, who do you put them as their target audience? You know, sort of end, um, end consumers, so just the uh, average book reader, or do you help them to target institutions as well? Oh, it's actually, we're, because every author's work is different, that means every author has a different audience. So yeah. the first, when they get into Author Sensei, the first module that they have is finding their perfect reader. And that helps them to figure out who likes their books. For instance, I write fantasy fiction, and it, okay. it's more towards epic fantasy. So I know that there's a segment of people that really like that. Um, it's kind of, un or it's, it, it feels like it's unusual for a, a woman such as myself to love fantasy as much as I do, but that's not the case. It just, it's um, just how that feels. But once you hone down, who like like the the demographics of who really likes your work then you're able to figure out well where do they hang out online offline where should you be to be able to connect with them mm, mm. interesting so how many modules are there in your course because i think you mentioned you know the first module so how many modules are there there are a total of right now we have about five modules that they're going through and then there's another 15 or 20 that we're getting ready to put up. Oh, wow. That's definitely an intense type of training. <laughs> well, it's, it's step by step. So you don't get them all at once. Um, and that's mm. why there's only about five of them right now that they're working through. Right. Okay. So what do you, in part of the training that you offer, how uh, have you ever considered, you know, libraries you know as a target audience sure okay yeah. so how do you um so how do you sort of um teach or coach your authors um to approach libraries one of the things that 
um, they should do is get to know their local libraries first. Always, as an author, get to know your local area first. And the reason I say that is because, like, that's the, they're your champions. They're the people who know you and want to support you. But you have to reach out to them. So each library, and, and Tim, I'm not sure how this works over in the UK, but I know in my area, they like the 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 community libraries like to really be connected with other things that are going on in their community. So if the author is willing to participate and become a part of the services that the library author offers, they're much more willing to say, shelve your book or something of that nature. Oh, okay. Hmm, interesting. Tim, what do you have to say to that? I think uh, it's really interesting about the uh, the site, the Sensei site. And I was looking a while ago for information for people that wanted to start publishing and also self-publishing and I did quite a lot of trawling but I never found smash words I thought was very useful but I didn't I didn't find a site like like your one uh, so uh, check that out straight after this uh, over, over here libraries you know we want to be part of the community and obviously we're biased in favor of, sort of our local authors uh, each library is only going to have one copy of the a lot of books though so uh you know local authors who will do events for us essentially for free but if they if they're at that event they can sell their books and promote themselves and things uh but it, it's hard work one thing i've discovered about authoring is it's being an author i think is writing the book is hard getting it published is harder and selling it is hardest of all. Uh, there's an awful lot of work after you've finished your book before you uh, start to sort of make a profit from it. That's absolutely yeah. true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so what I would like to know, sorry, go on, Tim. Well, I was saying the thing as well is that while being pleasant and uh, pleasant's a plus, but I think you also have to be persistent and probably a little bit thick skinned. To <laughs> I would absolutely agree with that. Um, not everybody is going to like what you've written. And I think when you say you have to have a thick skin, I think there has to be some level of an author being willing to receive constructive criticism. Um, you can't get better at writing if you don't recognize that you're not going to get it perfect the first time. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. So what was it that I was going to ask? Right. Okay, now, so let's say... Um, you know, the person, you know, like, like Tim said, you know, writing a book is hard, you know, getting it published, you know, is harder. Um, and so now you've written your book, you've gotten published, you've been persistent, you've hounded your local librarian, you know, make them to almost want to avoid your calls. <laughs> so I'm just laughing because I think at one point, I think Tim must have been avoiding me because he's my local librarian. So that's how I got to meet him. I uh, <laughs> so now, when you then get your book on the shelves in the library, what would you tell April, for instance? How, what would you tell your authors in order to sort of drum um, patronage for the book and sort of get people to want to go and check out your book and want to order your book um, from the library? Mm, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure I know how to answer that. I think I think you need to think about things. Like in Britain in October, we, we celebrate Black History Month. And uh, uh, your books, obviously, with the Yoruba theme and things, fit very, very nice. So yeah. 
be there'll be a time in the year maybe when your book is as it were flavor of the month and you need to take advantage of that i think if you've got friends maybe it's sneaky but asking your friends to reserve your book is probably not the worst idea in the world but uh it is a bit sneaky <laughs> and he's not wrong <laughs> Well, they are using the library, so... <laughs> it's fair in love and war, I'm sure, and uh, I, I believe some authors can reserve their own book. <laughs> when, when a J.K. Rowling comes out, uh, each library might get three, four, five copies, uh, like where I work, but yeah. uh, you're not... An author's really not even on selling books to libraries but obviously it's a, a window for people to find your book and and then hopefully the next one and think about buying them you know there's a, there used to be a magazine for children's books in Britain I think there still is online it's called books for keeps and uh, some books are for keeps and you want those books you want to be writing those books I think oh right. yes interesting I've not heard of that so is that booksforkeeps.com or just just google to be a magazine uh, and uh, I, I think it's an online magazine I had a look a little while ago for a colleague who's still at a new job in a school library and uh, it was there last year or the year before uh, I just always like the title because it seemed to me that's it's the way children say this books for keeps yeah all right yeah. okay um, so what about you um, April what do you think um I sorry <laughs> Hold on just a minute. I, <laughs> you know how like you have a tickle in your throat and then it doesn't want to go away? Yeah. Yes. That's what happened to me just now. <laughs> um, so uh, I agree with a lot of what Tim said. When you, I think there's a, how do I want to say, like the, you can get your foot in the door with the librarians or the libraries in your area, but you kind of have to, to work with them and work with those that you know to, to try to get it out there, to get more people interested in it. Um, I think, did, did I answer that pretty well? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. But what sort of things though can people do? Uh, because like Tim said, you know, you can, you know, you, once you've sort of hounded them and, you know, they've been kind enough to add your book, to their um, list because I read something a while ago that authors also get some sort of compensation. I don't know how it works in America, but I know that when I did read this, that authors get some sort of compensation based on the number of reads their books get. Is that right, Tim? It is. It's called the public lending right, and uh, essentially you get a few pennies per issue. I believe, really, the only authors that make substantial amounts of money from that are authors who will be making huge amounts of money elsewhere. Catherine Cookson, famously, when she was Britain's best-selling author, uh, always used to donate her public lending right money to a charity somewhere. But for most people, you get a little cheque every couple of years, might be £50. It's not going to be huge from the library side of it. Uh, you, you could... Probably I ought to rush onto a computer and Google it to find out sort of that better figures. But, you know, it, it's, it's only pennies per, per issue, if, if that really. It's a, it's a fairly small amount. Yeah. No, I think why I was asking, though, is because if you see pe um, people are reading consistently, you know, 
books by a particular author. Does that then encourage the library to want to purchase the next book by that author? Oh, of course, yes. And in actual fact, increasingly to save money, uh, and not necessarily saving money by cutting huge corners, we, you know, we look at, there's the Times, in Britain there's the Times 100 bestsellers, so most libraries will say, we'll have all the fiction off that list and the popular non-fiction. Uh, list of authors, so the next, you know, Dan Brown that comes out, the next J.K. Rowling, uh, Daniel Steele, you know, we'll, we'll be buying those books uh, with, without thinking, the next Wimpy Kid book. Uh, because why think about it? We want those books and we want plenty of them. Uh, but the books which perhaps we want because they're connected with us locally, with the authors local, or because customers ask for it. On a, on a Monday morning, customers walk in with uh, clippings from the Saturday and Sunday paper and say, can you see this, please? So, oh, right. Okay. So what was this list again that you said? Which list did I say? Oh, Times, uh, I think the Times Top 100 bestseller list uh, is, uh, is sort of the charts in Britain for books. Uh, we wouldn't necessarily want all the non-fiction, but we'd almost certainly most libraries services would want all the fiction on their list. And then the popular non-fiction, the biographies of famous people and things like that, we'd, we'd be wanting as well. Right, so the Times. So is that like the London um, or the UK equivalent to the New York Times? Uh, well, I'm sure I can say, yeah, the, it's the Times, is it called the Times of London? I'm, I'm, my ignorance is being exposed, but the Times is one of Britain's sort of uh, most, I think it's a newspaper of record, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's, their list is, is sort of the, the, right. the top 100 in British fiction, I think. Right, week. okay. Okay, so basically, if you're listening to the show, right, and you're a UK author, if you want a library to consider getting your book straight off without any hassle, you need to get your book on in the Times 100 bestsellers, did you say, or Times 100 list? Something like that, yes. But once you've done that, yes, you're, you're, sort, of, you're sort of minted, really. It's, it's chicken and... <laughs> right, okay, perfect. Um, what do you think, um, April? Well, I think I learned something just now. Um, I wasn't I wasn't aware that the that the UK or, or uh, I know that in here in in the US, I'm not aware that we have a a fund that if people uh, read through books at the libraries, that there's a certain percentage that gets gets paid out to the authors. Um, but I will probably be researching that after we're done with this podcast. Um, however. I do know that Amazon, you know, when authors have their, their books on Amazon and they have it specifically in their KDP program, th and then it becomes part of their lending library that they have through online. And that does get a percentage. But again, like Tim said, it's a small percentage uh, unless and until you become a much uh, broader name known throughout, uh, you know, the fan base. Right. Okay. No, that's cool. So basically, right now we've got two two um, approaches. Hound um, your local library. Um, find out who the li head librarian is. You know, sort of see if you can find a local um, angle uh, because local uh, public libraries are sort of quite flexible and they like to support you know local talent. So if you can find a local uh, uh, angle, hound your librarian. 
get your book in there. Try not to be sneaky, but ask your friends and family to go and order your book there. Um, try and get publicity for your book. Then that's one way you can get usage for, you know, get your books into um, public libraries. Then the second way is if you can get your book in the Times 100 bestseller list, you're minted, if I'm going to take from Tim's, <laughs> Tim's uh, phrase, you're going to be minted and you're that almost, almost, guarantees that your book will get uh, included um, in a library. Is there a third way that people can get their books into libraries? Hmm. Obviously donating your book is an idea, but that may be self, uh, self yeah. I agree. I'm donating your book is, a, is, is always, you can at least make the offer. Um, one of the things that, at least over here, I don't know about there, Tim, but um, sometimes the libraries will take the donations and sometimes they won't. Um, and I think it depends on, on how much uh, space they have to contribute to, to having the donated books. Um, you know, much like, uh, like a warehouse, you don't necessarily want to have things on hand that aren't going to be used or maybe don't have room for. Um, but it certainly does not hurt an author to make the offer because then they're making a connection and they're and they're building the relationships with those in their community and those who will talk about the fact that they have written a book and uh, we'll talk about it to others. Yes. Yes, I think people don't appreciate that, you know, if we've got all our shelves are full, if somebody gives us a meter foot's worth of book, mm. foot's worth of book have got terrible English sorry but we've got to lose a book's worth of book somewhere else and you you, you can't just have a book because you like like the person that's given it to you uh, but there's often a bit of wiggle room somewhere on the shelf yes uh, I would say one thing that sometimes is a shame is that uh, there's an expression you can't judge a book by its cover but over hundreds of years publishers put a lot of work into covers and sometimes something somebody has produce themselves or had somebody produce who, who isn't particularly expert you know that lets the book down to such an extent that even if the contents were absolutely marvelous it isn't going to isn't going to do well on a library shelf or possibly any any shelf so getting that sort of stuff right and i, I suspect uh, admiral can say more about it but you need sometimes you need advice about things and you know, if you've drawn all the illustrations for a children's book, you might well find the publisher will say, well, that's a bit of a waste of time because I'm going to get this old uh, illustrator to do it. So working out all the things you actually need to do, not doing things you don't need to do, and just getting details and things right uh, will pay off as well as writing a marvellous book. Right, okay. Now that's really, that's a really good point. So we've talked about number three is donations and then number four is as the, the cover because sometimes again, you know, people are trying and especially self-published authors, you know, we're all trying to save money um, and, you know, sort of the best sort of illustrators, they're actually quite expensive. So you find a lot of people, they go on places like Fiverr and other freelance sites to get cheap covers um, made for them. And I guess if the the type if the cover is not very appealing, then the libraries or even the bookstore themselves wouldn't really want to um, to keep it. And I guess you know, like you said, if, if the content is absolutely amazing, but if it's got a very dodgy um, cover, then everyone wouldn't want want to 
uh, to read it. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Wow. That's really amazing. Thank you, guys. So, Tim, now, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you to say, oh, Tim, you know, can I pick your brain, please? Um, I know you're retiring and you probably have a little bit, a little bit, you know, because I'm sure you want to travel and do more things and have loads more uh, tea and coffee and go to coffee shops. Uh, but if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Blimey. Uh, there are three Timothy Parkins you can find on Facebook. One's a professor of classical uh classical history i think uh one's a very good photographer and there's me uh and probably some others so you could you could find me on facebook with a bit of googling i suppose and uh and send me a message and a friend request i can't promise uh can't promise i'll do anything very much next few years i should i give you my email address over the air uh I'll it's totally up to you. Whatever you want people to, you know, contact you by. If anyone wants to contact you by, I think, yeah, well, yeah, I think find me on Facebook, uh, Tim Parkin. I'm on Facebook somewhere, and uh, and uh, yeah, if you, if you message me, I, I don't promise I'll get back to you, but I don't get that many messages, so I very very likely might. Uh, yeah, so yeah. yeah. So Parkin, P A R K I N. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay, perfect. Uh, okay, so April, uh, before we call it a uh, time, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, um, how do they get in touch with you? Um, they can email me at april at authorsensei.com. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook as well. I, there's both a Facebook page for Author Sensei, and there's also one for my, uh, my author page, which is, uh, again, the, the pen name A.L. De Leon. Um, I do have a personal Facebook page, but um, under my real name, <laughs> but I'm not likely to accept it if I haven't either talked with you prior or if I don't know you personally, mostly uh, because I have, you know, that's my personal life on there. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? <laughs> I know. I totally, I totally get that. Um, how do you spell the last name for your, um, your pen name? It's uh, capital D E, capital L E O N. Ah, Deleon. Okay, perfect. Um, so, any last words from both of you before we call it today? Uh, any any local library will be uh, they'll have part of their council or some website, and there'll be email addresses there. So, uh, email your library at council.gov.uk or something so you can you can find a, an email there quite easily and uh, most of you will be there'll be some undertaking to get back to you within, sort of within three working days or something like that so uh, that, that's a little source okay cool Maybe some actually, sorry I was just going to say I totally forgot and I've just remembered now thankfully um, that I did say to someone that you know I was going to have a librarian come on the show and the person sent me an email with a question to ask you. So I'm just going to read out the question. And it goes, I, many times um, I've subscribed to podcasts. I've established that a lot of county libraries in southern England buy through the Central Buying Consortium, CBC, run by West Sussex County Council, but that a new contract may have been let this spring. It may be worth asking whether things have changed and or how one goes about writing to the responsible buyers. All right. Well, we, we were in another consortium, and 
that consortium actually negotiates, I think, a 40% discount on some stock. So it's, uh, and the larger the, your consortium, the, the larger the discount you can get. Uh, so if you're, if, if, you're, if your book is in the warehouse of the wholesaler, then that makes it much easier for us to get. But we do have the discretion to go via Amazon to pick up copies and other things. But of course, if you, you know, it's a bit like being on the bestseller list. If you, if a wholesaler has picked up your book, it's it's just much easier to to sell on. Also, these days there's a lot of supplier selection, so you send suppliers a specification, but you do give them some discretion, obviously, to go their shelves and pull off stock. So, but obviously, if their stock's not on their shelf, uh, they won't just pull it off. So, but again, how you get on those. How do you get sold by those consortiums, wholesalers, and part of those consortiums? I'm, I'm, I'm really can't, can't say for sure. Right. Okay. So you've actually brought up a very important uh, point. So, right. So you guys don't normally buy your books full price. I mean, you can you can from Amazon and the likes, but you prefer to buy through your, you know, through the distributor, wholesaler, and so is forty percent the average discount um, that most libraries in the UK. Um, aim to buy their books at? I'd say actually, it's just one of ours, and it varies. I think that's we get a higher discount for fiction than non fiction. Uh, you know, and it's like if the consortium for the whole of London or Chicago or somewhere would be completely different from a little library service buying all its own books out in, in, in the countryside somewhere. Actually, Tim, that's pretty standard. Um, even over here, when authors that are listed in the uh, the wholesaler catalogs, um, anywhere from libraries to booksellers will get uh, a discount of at least 40% off the list price to be able to shelve those books. That's actually the side of things that most authors are not aware of how it works, and it confuses them. A, a, that It's probably one of the more important things that authors should be aware of prior to even getting into publishing, whether they self-publish or whether or not they're querying to, to be with a traditional publisher. Um, because if you don't understand how both the wholesale works or um, there's a buyback process that also happens uh, if, if, if say a bookstore orders so many books but they didn't sell them all, they can return those and then, um, then the authors are then responsible for, for return uh, the amount there that is involved with that so it's it's not cut and dry like most people think it is when oh I'm going to be published you know uh, once you sell a book it doesn't necessarily mean you've sold that book so there's just a lot of things behind the scenes that I think um, authors should take a little bit more time to learn yeah yeah okay so um, Tim who's your who's your preferred um, wholesaler at the moment and is that usually the one that's used across the UK or are there several um, wholesalers across the UK that libraries tend to use? There are, there are lots uh, of wholesalers. Uh, we, we, we use Askews and Holtz, uh, but there's, it's also quite, a, they get bought up by other companies and things. Then there are specialist companies who perhaps produce, you know, not, not publishers, but wholesalers who will black interest fiction, various or stock altogether, uh, talking books as generally separate suppliers. 
it, it's, and it, it's a very movable feast. Uh, one company may go bust or get bought up by another one. Uh, and, and sometimes over the years, you know, people have established relationships with, with the, the reps of these companies who, you know, they're knowledgeable people who can recommend good stocks. Uh, you know, they're not just out there to, to sell, they're out there, you know, to help. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, when when there's hiatuses, those relationships break or change. It's uh, but uh, oftentimes that's one or two librarians per borough are actually mostly involved in the stock buying side of it. Uh, it there's all sorts of different models. Once we used to get taken out by publishers and bought dinner, but uh, not anymore. Oh yes, because um, I think the same thing happened with doctors. Where um, met a drug reps, you was used to take them out, and then there was something about oh, that's not very ethical or something funky like that. Yes, yes, it's uh, it, well, it's also uh, yes, it's the world's changing all the time, isn't it? And uh, I think lunch hours the world over get shorter, don't they? <laughs> right. Okay. So basically, um, I did read um, a little while back that the standard wholesale discount um, is usually about 55% um, and I you guess it's brighter than me yeah no 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 it, it's now sort of making putting things into context though because if the library would get so if you're buying from a wholesaler if you're getting 40% discount then the wholesaler will then be getting 15% discount which then makes the 55% discount um, correct might do. I don't know if I would necessarily put any of my figures into an equation, uh, just in case they're a bit wrong. <laughs> but no, that, that, that's quite interesting. And, you know, exactly what you were saying, um, April, about, you know, stock. Because I had read this um, a little while back, where um, if you want um, brick and mortar stores to stock your books when it comes out, then you need to make sure that those are the two terms that you need to, that is non-negotiable. You need to put it at a minimum of 55% um, trade uh, wholesale discount and make it um, sell or return. Um, so that's why when people go and do through um, Amazon Create Space, most brick and mortar stores, apart from the fact they don't like Amazon, um, you know, they don't want to sell um, stock books from there just because they don't get as much discount as from what I read and I could be totally wrong with that. Um, whereas if you're going to do it yourself directly, then those are the two terms that you need to, um, you know, put, put through. And I guess the reason why some authors may not want to do that is that if they do have the books returned, then they're responsible for the cost of the book getting printed. So they're going to be negative. Yes, yes, that's, that's correct. Um, the, like Tim said, there are numerous wholesalers, although here in the U.S. there are two main big wholesaler distributors. Uh, one is Ingram and the other is Baker and & Taylor, and almost all of them use either. The, like, so the publishers and on-demand publishing like CreateSpace, they use those services to produce and distribute the books. So that's like the behind the scenes. Um, and then what happens is, is you're right, is, is that the brick and mortar stores, if they order your book, and most of the time they're, they're gonna order it if, let's say you've made like the New York sellers best sellers, the New York Times bestsellers list, or um, the US Today's bestsellers list. 
those are the two most common lists over here that are looked at. Um, they're probably going to order those books. And those, the, the, the authors that make those lists usually are not uh, self-published authors. Occasionally there are a few, and they're making, self-published authors are actually getting quite interesting because they're, they hold the largest piece of the pie right now as far mm -hmm. as uh, books being sold. But there's so many self-published authors out there that like the pie then gets divvied up so so far down that it, it, they're still not making like an author here in the u.s that is not necessarily well known probably has a full-time job in addition to writing you see what i'm saying yeah. um so so it, it takes time the other thing in in and it, I, we don't have a whole lot of time for me to go over why they need to know all that stuff. Just know that your book is going to be discounted and it may or may not be put in brick and mortar stores. And there's a lot of work that you would have to do on your part to get it there and to be aware of. Um, the other thing to note is, is that I think if I had one advice to an author would be to keep writing because your first book is not going to sell the way you think it's going to. And you probably, I would guesstimate anywhere from eight to 15 books is what you need to have out there before you start getting noticed. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. Eight, eight. Okay, that sounds, that sounds like, I, you know, I just find that, you know, today's, I mean, I'm just speechless, you know, with the, with the things that, you know, you learn. Um, every every single day. Um, Tim, I had a little yes. room. Did you want to say something? Uh, no, I'm, I'm very impressed with, with April, though. I, 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 I think you'd have possibly had a better show with one guest. Uh, I'm, I'm much wiser than I was when I was, much better informed than I was when we started. Right, well, thank you very much, April, but I'm sure you've definitely contributed because, um, you know, you've answered the lovely question from, uh, what was the author's name now? I think I should give him credit for his question. Um, Peter, his name was Peter. Um, He's an author as well, but I don't know his last name. Gosh, that's just really bad. Um, but he only, the, the email only had Peter um, on it. So yes, um, Peter, I hope uh, Tim has answered your question for you. Um, and he's also one of the um, authors in, in the UK here, um, part of the, I, I'm part of several groups in, on Goodreads. Um, so he's, he's one of the authors as in groups. Okay, so uh, April, any final last words? Hopefully this will be the last time we will we'll say final last words. Um, I think I just said my final last words. <laughs> okay, <that's laughs> okay, so basically if you want help, right, because April is amazingly knowledgeable and, you know, she's got this swashbuckling, you know, katana, katara, you know, nice, Dr. Sensei website that will give you a lot of training information. So if you need to find out more, get in touch with her. April, shoot, how do people get in touch? Um, again, you can get in touch with me at april at authorsensei.com. And in case you uh, don't know how to spell it, Sensei is spelled S-E-N-S-E-I. Um, so if you're looking up Author Sensei online, that's how you do it. Perfect. Thank you very much, Tim and April. It's been absolutely fantastic having you guys on the show. And I know I've definitely had fun. Um, and the little human, she just got distracted. She was like, you know what? I'm just going to have a nap now. <laughs> Enjoy your nap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I hope I will catch you guys again soon. Yes, it'd be nice to yes. keep in touch. 
Yes. All right, then. Take care now, guys. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye.